Hey there, friend. Have you ever wondered if following Jesus is more than just being born again, attending church, and going to heaven someday? Welcome. This is Brian Del Turco. You're listening to Jesus Martha podcast. This is episode number 86. In Genesis 3 8, we read that Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. But what had they done? They had sewed fig leaves together and now they were on the run trying to hide from the Creator. You see, Their conversational relationship with God in the coolness of the day, which would be the evening, was the wellspring of their authority to carry out the commission, the cultural mandate to tend the garden, to to extend it throughout the earth, through their descendants. And it's all a picture. It's a prototype. It shows us that we as the human race are called to exercise dominion under God's sovereignty. Now we'll come back to that, but can we even imagine the, shall we say, pristine, clear relationship between the Creator and Adam and Eve before the fall, before sin in Genesis 3? Apparently, they walked with God in the cool of the day at times. I don't know if it was every day or just routinely from time to time, but Everything flowed from that contact, from that clear relationship in the cool of the day with their creator. You see, their capacity to rule over creation, to exercise dominion, it flowed from their walk with God. It flowed from their conversation with God, from their authentic relationship with the creator. And through their descendants, They were to spread the Garden of Eden throughout the earth. Of course, because of sin and the whole negative cascade that it set in motion, like a string of dominoes, they hid themselves in shame, and Adam and Eve were reduced to hiding from the Creator now instead of exercising dominion on His behalf over all things. Now, this is, I would say, a core understanding of human history from a biblical worldview, from a Christian worldview, a Jesus worldview, if we could say that. And it's this, humanity running on the run, hiding in shame. Paul wrote in Romans 3.23 that we have all sinned and now we have fallen short of the glory of God. Did you catch that? We have fallen short now of his glory because of sin. And the consequence of that is massive. We are no longer able to exercise dominion on behalf of the creator when we have fallen short of his glory because of sin. But there's a solution. We're going to come to that in just a moment. In Psalm 8.5, the psalmist says, you know, what is man that you take thought of him? And he says that you crown him, you crown mankind, that is the human race, with glory 
and with majesty. See, majesty is kingly authority. It's that royal anointing from the ultimate king, God himself. You make him to rule, Psalm 8.5 says, but we have now fallen short of God's glory. You see, outside of God, we've lost our capacity to rule and things go south. Things go wrong financially. They go wrong in health and wellness. They go wrong in relationships and international relations and every dynamic and every layer of human society and human experience that we can think of, things degenerate and go south. We have lost that majestic, can we say, a kingly anointing to exercise dominion under God. And so I believe it was Christ who came down in the cool of the day. Theologians would call this a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ on the earth, or Christ touching down on the earth from time to time in different experiences throughout the Old Testament before he came as an infant in a human body, before the incarnation. So Christ says, Adam, where are you? You see, the Creator is searching and calling out to humanity, and his desire is that our lost place of dominion be restored. Can I give you six bullet points very efficiently, okay? Number one, we are created to be co-regents with God. A regent is a person who exercises dominion on behalf of the sovereign king. Even in human history, you're fully invested with the king's authority and his seal of, of dominion now to exercise dominion on his behalf. We are created to be that, to partner with God in that capacity. But number two, the question is, Brian, where are you? That's my, that's me, Brian Del Turco, or whatever your name is, pl- plug it in the blank space. Where are you? You see, Jesus said that the son of man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. He's come to seek and restore us to our place of dominion. Number three, in John 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and having a conversation at night. And he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again to see and enter the kingdom of God. Born again, it was new language. It was a whole new category of thought. It was, it was blowing Nicodemus' uh, neural connections. He, he couldn't understand it. What do you mean I must be born again? Literally, you must be born again because subsequent to the fall, our first birth, something is fundamentally wrong. We must be born again to get out of that state. Jesus has come to provide for that. He's come to teach us and show us the way how to experience that. Notice that we must be born again to see the kingdom of God, to have awareness and understanding and insight. And verse 5 of John 3, we must be born again to enter the kingdom of God, to appropriate it, to walk through the door, to begin to possess the territory of the kingdom of God and experience it. We're literally regenerated as a theological term. It's a scriptural term. In the New Testament, think about regenerated as being regened, and it's for right here. It begins right here, and it begins right now. And your regened experience, if I could say that, it begins now, 
it begins here and it flows into the new world to come, the new heavens and the new earth to come. It's not just that you're born again to go to heaven someday and in the meantime, you have no awareness of the kingdom of God, no insight. You really can't see it and you don't experience it and you live this churchianity lifestyle and you're something of a cultural Christian instead of a radically altered, regened new species of being. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if any person is in Christ, they are a new species of being, a new creature. Everything that is old has passed away, and the new is now come, has now come and is coming. Number four, you and I are called to develop as a kingdom apprentice. Jesus said, come to me, learn from me, take my yoke upon you. In a sense, it's an invitation to now begin to experience again the walking with Christ in the cool of the day. I mean, you have to know that he was training and coaching. He was, he was teaching Adam and Eve in those times. They were being coached up on how to exercise dominion. You and I are called to develop as a kingdom apprentice. We're not called to ride a pew to go to heaven someday. Number five, we are kings and priests in Christ. I love this verse in Revelation chapter one, verses five and six. And now as soon as I say Revelation, don't think, oh yeah, that must be for the future because chapter one is not about the future. Chapter one is about right now. And I'll show you that in just a second. Verses 5 and 6 of chapter 1, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Okay, we know about that part of things. Yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes will not perish, right? Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes, we've been cleansed from our sins. We've been converted. We've been born again. But it goes on to say, And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. There is where much of modern Christianity misses it. It stops at that comma. Yes, we're loved. Our sins have been washed away in the blood of Christ, but it, it does not go on. It's not taught, and it's th- thus it's not experienced that he's made us to be kings and priests, a royal priesthood, Peter would say in 1 Peter 2.9 kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then the next verse, verse 7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. You see, so this experience of being a king and a priest precedes, begins now prior to the second coming of Christ. This is not talking only about being a king and a priest in some future state in the restoration of all things, the new heavens and the new earth. Also, check out Exodus 19, 4 to 6, through this, um, more about this theme that we've just read in, in Revelation 1, 5 and 6, about being kings and priests. And you can also check out a verse I mentioned, 1 Peter 2, 9. And then number 6, Paul says in Ephesians 2, 10, that we are his workmanship. It's a Greek word, workmanship, poema which means a design produced by an artisan. It carries the meaning of God as master designer. 
you, when you're born again, as you begin to follow Christ, as you're converted, you are now the workmanship of God, Paul continues, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. What am I saying? You are born again for something. You are born again to now, you are the workmanship of God first, but now you are his workmanship and he is releasing you into those good works, those things that you're going to do and be beginning now, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Notice not that you should sit on a pew and wait for heaven, but that you should walk in the good works. There are things that he wants you to do. We are being invited now in Christ to a cool place with the creator. Can I just say it again? You, I, everyone in Christ, we are called to a cool place with the creator. Now, let me just ask this question. What is true coolness? Remember, Satan always, always, he twists, he corrupts, he counterfeits everything that is good from the Creator. And the message of the world system to you is, hey, here's what it takes to be cool. But let me just say that it's a counterfeit, it's a corruption of true coolness, and it's a twisting of it. Christ reconciles us to coolness. What is it? That consistent place of true, mind-blowing, spirit-expanding, dynamic relationship with Christ, walking with Christ, conversing with Him, being coached up, being brought up into something that just blows your neurological circuitry so that we need a renewed mind in Christ. We need the whole spirit of our mind renewed. Now, it's from this cool place of potential and dominion and capacity with the creator that we are able to defeat the enemy and we're able to live, we're able to work in our true authority. So here's a, here's a message for me. Let me just find a mirror. Okay. So I can talk into the mirror. Well, I don't have access to a mirror right now. Don't give in to being hot. Don't give in to the hotness of anger, greed, lust, fear, Anxiety, desperation, turmoil, torment, even the hotness of depression. Throw it off. Don't give in to being hot. Here's what I've learned, okay? Here's something I've learned through the school of, it goes beyond hard knocks. It's the school of being blasted by stupidity, okay? Personal stupidity. Okay, here's what I've learned. When my cool place with Christ becomes inconsistent, I am prone to getting hot. I am prone to reacting to things instead of reigning over them. And when the temperature goes up in this sense, when I'm no longer in a state of coolness, I cannot rule. You have to be cool if you want to rule. You have to stay cool if you want to rule and exercise dominion on behalf of the sovereign king. Yes, God is sovereign. He is the ultimate king, but he has made us to be kings and priests on his behalf. We are co-regents with the great king 
in his kingdom, and we are called now under his sovereignty to exercise dominion in his stead, on his behalf, bringing justice into the world, bringing healing into the world, bringing truth into the world, bringing reconciliation of all things into the world. How about drawing out the latent potential of things? We need to see the garden dynamic of Eden as a as an archetype of you. What is that part of his creation that you are designed to draw out the latent potential of? Is it in arts and entertainment? Is it something in technology? Is it agriculture? Is it botany? Is it business? Is it medicine? Is it law? Is it something in manufacturing? Is it in craftsmanship of some sort? Just, I hate to create a list because there's so much more that could be said, and I don't, I, I just want you to understand that it applies to every single facet of creativity and potential that God has has given us access to and that he's expecting to be developed. We draw out the latent potential. Consider, too, that it's possible for us to give too much attention to the enemy. We, we tend to, you know, we can get into this trap of over-concentrating on what he's doing, even over-emphasizing spiritual warfare. Hey, I'm, I'm the first to tell you that spiritual warfare is a reality, but Let's not overemphasize it too much. Let's not like overreact to it because we can slip from a place of coolness. Sometimes you just need to ignore things and just stay focused and cool and calm and don't even say a word. There is a place of warfare, yes, but it flows from that place of refreshment and rest with the Lord God as he walks with us in the cool of the day. So here it is. As we tighten our focus, my friend. And as we restore our emphasis to where it should be, relationship, doing what he says, staying cool, becoming fruitful and efficient and being able to execute on his behalf, dominion on his behalf, we will discover an increase of the love of God in us and dominion in all things. Okay, cue for you. Question for you. Are you ready to ask the creator why he chose you? Why did he choose you? Why did he invite you to come into Christ? Another question, why is he working on you? What's it all about? To what end is he uh, exercising his craftsmanship, his workmanship, his artisanship in your life? Ephesians 2.10, ask him. Keep asking him. Keep listening over time. In many ways, God will speak and, I think, uncover and reveal to you why he's chosen you, why he's working on you, and what are those things that he wants you to do. Ask him. It can change from season to season in your life. Your lifetime will most likely be a tapestry of multiple seasons in which you give sort of a full-spectrum expression of your identity and your capacities in Christ. But let me just say, it begins right here. It begins right now. Your identity better not be a butt in a pew, okay? It better not be, I'm just going to wait until the Lord returns. It starts right now, and it flows with continuity right on into the new heavens and the new earth, or some sense in which everything that you are now, everything that you are called to do now is a seed form of what you always will, who you always will be 
in a glorified state and what you always will be doing in an enhanced state. Well, this is Brian Del Turco. You're listening to Jesus Smart, the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If, if you resonate with this, if you feel others, this particular message today in this episode, share it with them. If you feel it would resonate with people that you know, put it on social media, send it in an email, do something, share it with them. It always helps when you write, rate, review, and subscribe to your favorite listening app. That helps more and more people to come across the podcast. We appreciate that. And there's going to be some news coming I think uh, in the last trimester of this year, in in the weeks and months to come, the next several months, about some new new edges and facets to what we're doing here on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to getting into that and sharing that with you. Okay, you can learn more about the podcast at JesusSmart.com. We'll talk soon.